Take a look at our text for today. I'm going to preach today on feminazis versus trans woman. Who's going to win? Might not sound very spiritual, but you better believe it is. Our text is in Genesis chapter 3. We forget there's a devil. We forget that there's a last days and judgment coming and judgment upon this earth, and you are right at the midst of it. You need to know what's happening in this battle and what the devil is planning. So let's take a look at Genesis 3. It all begins here. It's pretty much a prophecy of the last days. We're going to begin in verse 4 of chapter 3 of Genesis. Let's read together. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Please be seated. Holy Father, do help us understand your word. Apply your word. Be doers, Father, not scorners, not mere hearers, Lord. Change our lives. And Lord, you said if we'll draw nigh to you, you will draw nigh to us, Father. Help us apply ourselves to understanding today in Jesus' name. Amen. Satan lied. The devil lied. He said, thou shalt not surely die. There's no absolute truth. He was a liar. She died. Adam died. The devil deceived the first woman. He deceived her with power. Power trip. And then he said, implied, insinuated, that Eve's father, the creator God, was an abuser, was evil. God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. He's holding you back. And you shall be as gods. Oh, she fell for it. She fell for it. The Bible says in John, our Lord Jesus Christ says, Ye are of your father the devil, for he is a liar and the father of it. We just saw he's the father of lies. There he is. God never lied. So the devil has to be the originator of lies. He is the father of lies. And you know, not only did the devil lie, but he tricked her in a very evil, cruel way. In one sense, he was right. You're not going to be God Almighty. But when she decided good and evil for herself, she identified as God. So the devil said, just break his commandment. You decide what's good or evil, and you'll be his gods. Eve was the first one to identify as something she's not. She identified as God. I make the decision what's right. I make the decision what's wrong based on my feelings, based upon what I see, based upon whether I like it or not. It looks like it's good for food. But the lying serpent deceived her because as she made herself a god to decide for herself what's right and wrong, he forgot to tell her that Jeremiah 10 says, Thus shall you say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. You say, Jeremiah wasn't written yet. Hey, God had already said, You're going to surely die. You're going to die if you eat thereof. You want to be a god? You want to pretend you're a god? Get in line. The devil was the first one. And a bunch of devils followed him. Then Eve, Adam. Adam wasn't deceived. He just made a god out of Eve. 
And it says 2 Thessalonians 2, the Antichrist that's coming very soon to this earth. The whole world's going to worship him. He's going to oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. That's in Israel showing himself that he is God. There'll be a temple built. There's already a nation there. The whole world is lining up for this temple to be built. It'll be the center of all religions. And I'm going to tell you the Antichrist is going to declare himself God. We're already in the day of everybody identifying as something they are not. I want you to know that the devil hates you. He hates mankind. He wants to pervert mankind. He's laughing at you every time you fall for his deception of sin. He's mocking you. And I want you to keep that in mind. The desire for Godhood is everywhere now. In just about every religion and every cult, it's in the heart of man. As a child growing up, it was in the comic books. It was Saturday morning cartoons, about the only time you ever watched TV, if you even made it then. But if you ever turned on Saturday morning cartoons when I was young, it's all about superpowers. It's about you being as a god, always through occultism and magic and things like that. I remember being eight years old, stayed home uh, during the summer as well as after school until my parents got home and normally didn't get in much trouble, but sometimes you're just walking around, nobody to talk to, nothing to do. You play with your dog. There's really nothing to do. You don't want to watch TV. What do you do? So my grandfather, you might remember the story, my grandfather used to have a store and he had all kinds of drugs and medicines, and somehow or another, this all ended up in my garage after my father, uh, a grandfather, passed away. And then my dad remodeled houses, so we had paint thinner, we had kerosene, we had every chemical you could imagine. And all of these medicines and chemicals was in the garage, and I started thinking, what if I put together the ultimate potion that can somehow or another give me superpowers or make me invisible. And I poured everything into this bucket. Everything. I, I, medicines, old medicines, paint thinners, kerosene. I, everything with a skull on the back of it. I poured it all inside this bucket. And I was going to get these superpowers. And all of a sudden, some type of milk of magnesia. I don't know what it was, but it was stuck in there. And then all of a sudden, plop, it came out. Right when I was looking at the bucket... And everything in that smoking bucket went all over my face and into my eyes. Now, I knew one thing. I wasn't very smart to do all that, but uh, if anybody needs to turn the heat off, you can. Um, I tell you, what I ended up doing was rushing as fast as I could to the bathroom I got down on my knees before I even did anything, and I said, Lord, if you'll keep me from blindness, I will pledge my life unto you and serve you. And then I washed it out, and I'm going to tell you, I was able to see. I never forgot. I never forgot that pledge to God. I didn't always live up to it, but it always haunted me. Hey, in your baptism. If you were baptized, you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you were baptized, that was your pledge to God that you're going to die to worldliness and live for Him. So if you've been baptized, you've made the same pledge, so to speak. I went back to that same house as an adult. A black woman answered the door. I said, I used to live here when I was a little kid. And she said, come on in, I'll give you a tour. And... Uh, I got to see the garage, remember it, I was, I was already a Christian then, and um, I went back to the closet and said, you know what, this is where I hid the fried eggplants that they put on my plate to eat, and I didn't want to eat them, so I hid them in this closet, and uh, the black woman was very sweet, but she just sat there looking at me, and it's pretty amazing, you let people into your house to walk around like that and look at, but uh, it was kind of nice. I wasn't really into the superhero comics. Um, if it was a rainy day, I might read Richie Rich or something like that. But uh, I, I knew one thing, that the comics were full of witchcraft and all kinds of just horrible things. Um, you find out now later that Wonder Woman was a lesbian and, um, you know, all into all this occult power. Um, 
here's Supergirl, 1969. My, this isn't mine. My mother uh, cleaned, uh, got those storage units that she would uh, bid on and uh, have all kinds of things. And uh, I saw this and some of the things she was saving, a bunch of comics. But um, Supergirl, 1969. What was interesting is that when you browse through there, in 1969, all the good girls, the superpower girls, are always in a miniskirt. It's 1969. The bad girls are in tight pants, but, you know, 1969, every good girl's in a skirt. A horrible skirt, an immodest skirt, but, you know, it's 1969. You're about to lose everything, but it's still holding on to, to something, you know. Um, it's, it's amazing what these comics did in what these Saturday morning cartoons. I was thinking if I made a superhero type comic, it'd be Bow Woman and Bow Girl battling various monsters, and she'd have this bow that she stucks in her hair, and these arrows would come out. And you think that's cool? Well, all right. It's just me. Maybe Adventures of Cranberry Man. I was thinking that would be awesome. Criminal enemies try to poison him with high fructose corn syrup and plastic, and sometimes he's lethargic, and then a kid says, you have to stop them, Cranberry Man, and he says, make me a green shake, garlic, raw eggs, green leaves, cinnamon, and organic berries, and organic cranberries, and then all of a sudden, he's powerful and comes to the rescue. And Well... These are just ideas in my mind. If anybody wants to draw those for me, I appreciate it. Let me tell you something. Evil is not consistent. That's one thing I want you to realize. Evil is full of contradiction, nonsensical propositions, various religions that have departed from the true God of the Bible. They have these contradictions that they celebrate in their very system. They're not merely things too high for you to resolve. They celebrate getting rid of your rational mind. Various occultists and Satanists teach the denial of reason, the denial of your rational mind. So evil is not consistent. Don't be surprised when you hear people talking and they're evil and have embraced evil ideas if it doesn't make sense. That is the whole foundation of evil. You expect the devil to make sense? It says in 2 Thessalonians 3, and that we may be delivered, that's the prayer, from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Why do the new Bibles that come from occult manuscripts, why do they get rid of the word unreasonable there? Why does the King James Bible have it? You, you better answer that question for yourself. Somebody doesn't want you to think in the last days, see. You don't want to reason higher than God. But I tell you what, it's very important that you understand. Evil is full of contradiction. The second way evil is full of contradictions and inconsistencies is very confusing to many. We would all like there to be two sides. Absolutely clear. There's the good side with everybody that's good, being perfectly good and always believing the good way on every issue with no evil or foolish actions or beliefs thrown in. Is that the situation? Is that the situation even in the Bible, Church of God? I began defending Bible characters from slanders and assumed sins. I'm not going to sit back and allow a bunch of assumptions uh, to turn our biblical role models into sinners that they're not. However, it cannot be denied that the Bible plainly presents good Bible characters in an honest light. They all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. The only perfect person is the Lord Jesus Christ. David committed adultery and murder. He was forgiven, but he suffered greatly for it. Peter sinned. Aaron and Miriam sinned. Even Moses sinned, but the Lord Jesus never sinned. In your own life, you'll sometimes see otherwise good people doing some bad things. Even believing some very foolish and sinful things. This should not be. But just as team good is not always consistent, likewise team evil is not always consistent in their evil. That'll really confuse people. 
The Bible says even the plowing of the wicked is sin. So in one sense, everything an evil person or a wicked person does, their motives are messed up. So there's really no good actions ultimately. However, don't forget, people can often repent. Saul can become Paul in regeneration. Rahab the harlot decided to fear God and help the Israeli spies. And although backsliding, you'll keep sliding down and getting worse and worse and worse. You don't necessarily hit bottom all at once. Therefore, a person who has become wicked may still for a period of time hold to some good doctrines or even habits that they haven't lost yet. Very confusing, isn't it? Is he good or is he evil? He's backsliding. He's fallen from where he was but still holding on to some things. You know, the foolish woman in the Bible who breaks down her house with her own hands, plucks it up, she might have some trouble in some areas. She takes that sledgehammer or baseball bat and starts breaking up everything. Some things hold. Some things she swings, swings, wears herself out. She's not able to break it all the way down yet. It's a battle. And based on the surrounding light that's shining by true obedient Christians... It becomes a great hindrance to evil. Our founding fathers, some of the political leaders, were deists. They didn't believe Jesus was God. Some of them were Masons. But they were greatly influenced by the Baptists that were persecuted, that taught liberty to the whole nation. Uh, and, and, and the historian says our Bill of Rights, this doctrine of liberty and separation uh, from the government, from making rules about the church, all of that uh, we owe to the Baptists. They, 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 it's their trophy. They shine their light so bright that it influenced people around them. People that weren't even saved, some of them. But because of God-fearing Christians, they shine so brightly that it caused some, God, uh, uh, some, some people that did not believe in the Lord Jesus to nevertheless have some good morality. Not saving morality, but they had it anyway. The first women's rights convention, Elizabeth Cady Stanton's in the 1840, was a feminist. She hated the God of the Bible. She hated the Bible. She said the Bible must be denied and obliterated. The God of the Bible must be opposed if women will ever be victorious. Her friend says, hey, we got you. You can't just openly say all of that stuff, you know. But even she said, you know what? If women ever lose their femininity, men are going to be very cruel and dominate them in a terrible, savage way. She says, I, 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 I implore you, even though she's against the God of the Bible, even though she hated the Bible, she said, you better not lose your femininity or it's all over for women. Why, why this confusion? Don't expect evil to just be always one big lump of evil with... A lot of times there's a mix. The cults that are very evil and wicked and damnable and heretical, many of them hold the truth in some things. In fact, that's the very bait. Right now there's a cult that many women are falling for, and it's a, uh, some type of woman, female guru online... And she's telling you that vaccines are, are, are evil and uh, th th they change all types of things in your body and are very, uh, most of what she says in regard to that is true. And she says, now you must leave your husband. All family is evil and they're trying to keep you back from discovering your godhood. So women, men are coming home finding that their children are gone and she's filed a restraining order down at the court and she's a member of this vaccine cult that has a lot of things that's true. I'm trying to show you. The devil uses truth as bait sometimes to give you a whole bunch of evil. A little cyanide in a little poison, a little arsenic in some juice that's very good. So just understand that. Don't be so confused when you see you know what? Good people are not always good, and evil people sometimes have some truth mixed in in regard to their habits. Now, that will help you understand something that I'm about to say. 
J.K. Rowling, her name is Joanne Rowling, is a British author of the seven Harry Potter novels, originally published between 1997 and 2007. The series sold over 600 million copies. I immediately read a few of the books because it was just going crazy. And with detailed research, I began to show this is real witchcraft. Everything from the color of his eyes to all the numbers, everything was absolute occult witchcraft. It was a history. It was a lesson and indoctrination on historic witchcraft. Uh, uh, Every name she gave to somebody or to the pets was a witch or something for somebody to go look up at an encyclopedia or on the internet. Teenagers, young, even 10-year-olds, 8-year-olds were getting fascinated by witchcraft. I began to write a series of articles exposing it, but then a Christian author came out and wrote a book saying, oh, Harry Potter's beautiful. It's a picture of Jesus. I was like, are you out of your mind? You are out of your mind. I ended up on um, a Canadian radio station, a program debating this author, and um, I just went through exposing over and over and over how naive and ridiculous and absurd he is. Even take take out the real witchcraft that's all throughout there. The children are misbehaving. There's gross things. It's it's despising of authority. There's all kinds of things wrong with those horrible books. But she made millions and millions and millions of dollars perverting a generation of kids. Can there be any greater evil? Nevertheless, she dared to say, That it's unsafe for any man who believes or feels he's a woman to go into a woman's bathroom or a changing room. (gasps) Wait a minute, here's your, your idol. This is the woman that brought witchcraft to the world and made it acceptable by even Christian churches. Every kid is into witchcraft. Every kid is reading for the first time about magic and sorcery. This is your darling. But immediately... LGBT charities and leading actors of the Wizarding World franchise condemned her comments, glad, called them cruel and inaccurate. She was called transphobic by her critics. She's been referred to as TERF, meaning trans-exclusionary radical feminist. You are a TERF. You're one of those feminists that excludes the trans woman. What you're finding right now is there is a battle that's taking place. It's a raging battle. A few Christians are getting into it, but, but, but really, there's not, there's not many that are even speaking up about anything. For the most part, it's feminists fighting the trans women in a battle to see who's going to wear the crown. It's a superhero comic book that's being played out before us. Is it feminazi or is it trans woman? Who will rule? Gender justice, uh, not good people, says trans exclusionary radical feminists. These TERFs are cis women who don't believe trans people truly exist as trans folks raise their voices to fight for their dignity and their rights. Oh, isn't that sweet? TERFs have learned to push back, cutting deeply into trans women's sense of self and safety. Imagine a college kid. They're sitting there like, wait a minute. It's wrong to cut into anybody's sense of self and safety, especially a woman. Well, some of these radical feminists are saying it's not a real woman. Like, well, you're trying to use reason. That's not right. You're part of the patriarchy. What about their dignity and their rights? And these radical feminists are like, what is happening before our eyes? We played the victim for decades and got whatever we wanted. 
And now they're dressing up as women and playing the victim and everybody's bowing to them. So now there's a fight. Wait a minute, this isn't right. Turf groups have become more vocal in their opposition to trans athletes. They are also increasingly partnering with conservative groups. Wow, conservatives and the radical feminist, feminazis. Like, yeah, we both agree that's not a woman. Like, wait a minute, who are you? What, what, what are you doing beside me? Well, we, we, we all agree that's not a woman. Very strange, very confusing. But you know, sometimes you'll see in the Bible that God will have the enemies of Christians or God's people distract and destroy each other. What I want you to realize is evil never pays. We can go back to the early 70s, Beth Elliott, a trans woman, which means it's a biological man, was excluded from feminist organizations. He was acute, he, she, he, you understand, was accused of being an opportunist, an infiltrator, a destroyer, with the mentality of a rapist. He was called a rapist. You're a rapist. Robin Morgan, a keynote speaker in the early 70s, said, I will not call a male a she. No, in our mother's name and in our own, we must not call him sister. They're starting to have a problem on their hands. A few decades go by, and by 1991, the trans movement published their manifesto called The Empire Strikes Back and they launched their secret weapon. The one the feminists had been using the whole time. They cried victimhood. They said, we're being oppressed. We're victims. Oh, and commies, snowflakes, woke liberals, fools in general, they, 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 you, you just say victim. They'll fall for it. So the feminists began to cry out, you're not, a, you're, you're not a victim, you're not a victim. They said, well, of course we're victims. There was a whole generation of young people that said, well, you can't victimize trans. You must be part of the patriarchy. So now you got feminists being called the patriarchy. Their same weapon has been taken from them and used against them. American Chronicles in 2014, another decade or so, says, what is a woman? The dispute between radical feminism and transgenderism. The trans right movement is growing in power, and radical feminists now find themselves in a position that few would have imagined when the conflict began. They are shunned as reactionaries on the wrong side. It is to them a baffling political inversion. How can this be? Human rights campaign says, here are some things you should know to make your feminism trans-inclusive. Trans women are women. That's the first thing you must know. There's no ifs and or buts about it. A woman's gender identity is her innermost concept of being female. Oh. So these feminists are like, no, I will never, ever, ever see a man as a woman just because he puts on a dress. Like, well, he's identifying as a woman. Just like you've been identifying as a man in a lot of ways. And what about her innermost concept of being female? You say, the devil's speaking here. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. The kids are falling for it. You're like, what about this poor woman over here? It's not a woman. But, but what if it thinks it's a woman? How dare you? How dare you be part of the patriarchy and, and deny her innermost concept of being female? Transphobia, that's what it is. Transphobia is offensive and harmful. <laughs> wow. This is crazy. It's crazy to see people that have used the devil's techniques all of a sudden have the devil come up and begin to use those same techniques on them. 
Wow. Now my question is, who finally wins? Who finally wins? <laughs> yeah, Jesus wins in the end. Eve had Adam sowing. Jezebel shamed and dominated Ahab, who in her presence retreated into a childhood regression. So what you've seen for 50 years or more, uh, even books are coming out by feminists called The War on Boys. They're ashamed of it. They said, you know what we've turned men into? We've turned men into these sissies. We've turned little boys into these men that aren't even men anymore. They're so passive and, and, and wimpy. And, uh, and, and, and the feminists are like, yes, that's our goal. Obliterate them. Destroy them. Move them out of the way so we can rule. But now something has happened. They've created a perversion, a male that's not really a male. He is biologically, but he's not in any other sense. He's a monstrosity. And the feminist says, you little wimp, you little passive thing, you little scaredy cat passive thing, go play with your dolls and thing, because we are now taking over the workplace. We are taking over the world. We now rule and, and these boys are killing themselves. They're dropping out of school. They're dropping out of college. Their health is bad. They've basically been obliterated. They become these little Frankenstein creatures. And women are laughing. Not all women, of course. But, but even in the Frankenstein novel that was written, it's like what they say is going to happen with AI and things. Your monster turns on you. Your creation begins to turn on you. And now the passive, effeminate, wimpy fellow who now wears a dress is starting to talk back to mama who created it. Talk back to the feminist who created him. And now he has a dress and he says, guess what? I am woman. She's like, you're not a woman. That's ridiculous. Oh, yes, I'm now a woman. And since I'm a woman, I'm going to cry victim. You are an oppressor. How dare you oppress me? How dare you say I'm not a real woman? So now, we're supposed to be in the reign of women that Satan promised women, if you will just destroy your home, if you will leave your place, I will give you power and godhood and you will rule. Now, right when they're about to receive it, something is happening that throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing. All of a sudden now there are men standing up and getting the award. And the women are like, wait a second, that award's supposed to be mine. The, the devil promised me. I'm supposed to rule. All the early prophecies, the occult writings, everybody said woman will rule. That was part of the deal. And the devil says woman is ruling. Meet the new woman. A biological man that identifies as a woman. So feminist women are screaming, that's not fair. That's not fair. You tricked me. You tricked me. It's not fair. Don't ever trust the devil, people. Don't ever, ever, ever trust Satan's promise of power. It leads to death, and he's going to play a joke on you, a really, really cruel, wicked joke. And this has to be one of the most cruel jokes you could play on power-hungry women. Satan's laughing. The first time he tricked Eve, you won't die, you'll be as a god. And now she has pain and childbirth. There's splinters, there's thorns, there's death. And subjugation like she never had before. And now, once again, at the end of the age, the women took of the tree, so to speak, they were tricked to leave their femininity. They switched places with the dominated man, the new perverted man. You helped create. But as you cried victim and cried and created a religion of woke, 
victimhood. You forgot the satanic card game. In the satanic card game, a trans woman trumps the feminist masculine woman. And here's how it works. If you have a wrestling match between the feminazi masculine woman and the trans woman in his dress and makeup, and they get inside the ring and they're fighting, you say, well, I know a lot of times this masculine woman's going to whoop that effeminate fella. Hey, be a little careful about that. When I was a kid, I, I told you probably in these really, really bad apartments for a while, there were these two black folks, and one of them was a really, really tough black fella, and one of them was a really, really tough black woman, a, a girl. And she bossed around. She dressed like a man, acted like a man, uh, just walked around brutalizing people. And one time, it's not right, it should not have happened, but that big black fella got in a fight with that big black woman who, who acts like a man and talks like a man, and everybody thought that the woman or, or the girl would whoop him. Everybody was sure. But the first time he hit her, she began to cry. And I was confused. I was like, she really is a girl. There's nothing wrong with that. He shouldn't have hit her. But it was very shocking to see that whole thing so quickly fade. See, But, but let's imagine that in the wrestling match or the fight, let's imagine that the, the masculine woman triumphs. She doesn't really win. Because he's the trans what? Woman. He's the trans woman. Now, after he's beaten up, he's going to go over there and get on the camera, and he's going to say, this is oppressive. She, she or he dominated me. I'm a victim now. And everybody is going to say, you evil, evil person. How could you beat up this trans woman? You ought to have respect and honor for women. Some of them really are confused, demonic people that think they're women. Some of them are really men putting on dresses and laughing so they can now go into girls' locker rooms and girls' bathrooms. And not only that, they can win the prizes and all the sports. They can win all the trophies. Everybody loves them. Everybody gives them money. Everybody worships them. And they're just laughing all the way to the bank. I had some of this together when Tucker Carlson somewhat beat... Now, now, a few years ago, I preached on Revelation 17 and Jezebel, and I told you that there's going to be a final battle between these effeminate eunuchs and Jezebel, a feminist. And, uh, but nevertheless, Tucker, the way he always does and, and, and is able to do, I don't agree with him on every single word he ever says, but he nails it a lot of times. Uh, just the other day, March 9th, Tucker Carlson, this is the state of International Women's Day. Tucker reacts to International Women's Day awards. Oh, my. The battle of sexes has finally ended, says Tucker. Men won conclusively. Isn't that a terrible trick of the devil to play on the women? We know this because yesterday was International Women's Day. But if you look closely at the women you were celebrating, you may have noticed that many of them were not actually women, but were dudes. And that was not accidental. It was a brilliant piece of sexual jujitsu. Here you had men who are clearly craftier than they look, somehow convincing a whole lot of otherwise self-aware and highly educated women to praise them as living paragons of womanhood. Think about how hard it would be to sell that proposition. I'm going to steal your identity and then mock and degrade the immutable characteristics that define you as a person. And then as I do this, you're going to smile brightly and applaud and then give a speech about how liberated you feel. How about that? Only the devil can play a trick like that on you. And I'm telling you, every time you fall for it, he will degrade you, mock you, and laugh even if he gives you temporary power for just a little while. 
The whole thing is amazing, says Tucker. It's like watching a practical joke devised by the drunkest, most cynical fraternity brothers. Liberals will fall for anything if they think it's fashionable and progressive. Here's Jill Biden and Secretary Tony Blinken handing out an award on International Women's Day to a dude in makeup. And did you see Tony Blinken fight the natural urge to flinch as that guy kissed him? There was no flinching allowed on International Men in Dresses Day. That might spoil the intended message for the audience, which is, hey, ladies, meet your new hero. I will add, meet your new superhero. I will add, meet the superhero that replaces you. His victim card is more powerful than yours. Wow. They clap like seals. And you wonder as you watch this, is feminism over? Let's see. Has Rome fallen? Yes. Feminism is over. Feminism has been flattened and sacked by the Visigoths of the trans movement. And if you doubt that, notice that all the women's awards these days seem to be going to men. How can you end up in 2023 after all of these years of radical feminism in the public schools, on TV, just just rubbed in your face, and you're in 2023, and you've got your International Women's Day, here it comes, and all the awards, wherever you're at, all over, even in sports, everywhere, is going, what should have went to a woman, is going to a biological man. Only the devil will do that to you. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Whew. If you dare complain that it's no fair, he's a man. I worked hard. I worked my whole life for this contest. You will be shamed. You are an oppressor. Hey, folks, you better know the destination that the train you're riding on. You better know the destination. I was on the rock and roll train, and I remember playing this little club and handing out flyers. Come here, real rock and roll, not this punk rock homosexual mess. And all of a sudden, one of the fellows who run the club came to me with a whole bunch of other hippies and and, and rock and rollers and said, you can't do this. I said, what are you talking about? They said, we're all for homosexuality, man. We're rock and rollers. Like, what are you talking about? And and then I started listening to some of these rock and rollers that were famous begin to give their philosophical, and they said, of course, rock and roll is about androgyny and bisexuality. And when you see the rock star with the long hair and he sings up high, he is the transsexual witch doctor. I was like, you got to be kidding. That's what Led Zeppelin, that's what Guns N' Roses, that's what these dudes are. They're transsexual witch doctors. That's the road that I've been on? Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm off the road. I'm done. No more. No more. Well, you better find out where the train's going. You want to ride the world? You want to play around with sin? You better know where you're heading, buddy. Here we have Richard Levine, Levine putting on an admiral's uniform with a skirt and becoming U.S. Today's Woman of the Year. How about that? William Thomas gets nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year. Then some guy who calls himself Faye was Hershey's Woman's Day honoree, and so on. The men are taking all the prizes set aside for women. Our Bible says in Peter, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. You better know who's promising you that power. You better understand who you're talking to. Decide to destroy destroy your family. Destroy the heritage left to you by your father or mother or church. You're going to depart from everything. You're going to destroy it and turn it upside down. You better know who you're playing with. You think this is pro-woman? Oh, we're feminists. The liberation, sexual liberation. Then abortion. Who do you think's dying by the millions in China? This little girl's getting aborted. This little girl's getting aborted around the world. 
More women were killed by abortion than any other thing in all the history of mankind, I believe. They did the same thing to the blacks. Who do you think, who, who do you think made up the number one race for abortions? It was black babies. But the Democrats, they continue, we're going to vote Democrat, we're going to vote for abortion, and you're voting for your own genocide. Same with women. Satan will reward you only to destroy you with his lies. So now you got this end time battle. Feminist versus trans woman. And we've already seen who's winning. And I believe the trans woman will win all the way to Antichrist until Antichrist takes off the mass and says, I'm just going to destroy all of mankind. You're all a bunch of idiots and I want to kill you all. I hate you. And the Bible says he would destroy all flesh if he didn't come out of the sky and stop the Antichrist. Now let me give you a few prophecies in history, okay? I want to show you all of this was prophesied in history. It says in 1 Kings 16, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took the wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians. Those are the Phoenicians. Zidon was the capital of the Phoenician kingdom. Remember that. And went and served Baal. Remember, as I've told you, they found Baal stone markings and, and things that say that Baal is transgender. He's both male and female. And they worshipped him. Imagine how they worshipped Baal. You can just imagine. He was the trans superhero at the time. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give the inheritance of my father's. That's how you ought to say. You say, you know what? My daddy's taught me some things from the King James Bible, and I will not give it up. I will not allow it to be sacrificed. My pastor's taught me some things from this holy, inspired Word of God, and I will not, as I get older, allow it to be taken from me. I will not go your way because it's a lying trick of the devil. And if I ever make it back, I'll come back limping and saying, I wish I had not done that. This man wanted Ahab, he wanted a vineyard of Naboth. He says, I want that. The vineyard's a picture of the family in the Bible. See that in Psalms and elsewhere. Now he's pouting because he can't get what he wants. Naboth said, I'm not selling you nothing. I'm not giving up what belongs as an inheritance. So he turned away his face and would eat no bread. He, He's got his thumb in his mouth. He's pouting because around, he's messed with paganism and around paganism, you're going to have Jezebel be dominant and he's going to be the baby, see? But Jezebel, his wife, came to him just like Eve who said, here, open your mouth and eat. I'm leading the home now. Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? What kind of wimp are you? Arise and eat bread and let thy heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. How is Jezebel going to destroy the family by false accusation? They accused Naboth of blasphemy. False witness testified against him in a court of law and they killed him and stole his vineyard. And this is what's happening all around the country. False accusation in a court of law to steal a man's children. Elijah was sent by God to meet Ahab as he went to take possession of this vineyard. And as he went to take possession, as Jezebel tells Ahab that Naboth is dead, go take possession. God said to Elijah, go meet him. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Has thou killed 
Notice, well, he didn't kill. Jezebel killed. Well, Jezebel didn't kill. The lying false witnesses killed. But he was in charge. I don't care if he was a wimp sucking his thumb, pouting as a passive man. He was the one in charge. And God says, you killed. You killed. That's scary. And also taking possession. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. Dogs. Well, he starts fearing God and getting some backbone and repenting. Oh, but what about his wife? What about his wife? Elijah said of Jezebel, also spake the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. I'm going to tell you, dogs in the Bible are a picture of sodomites all the time. They're going to eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. How did that happen? Well, it says in 2 Kings 9, it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace so long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window. Isn't it interesting that God describes his bride in Ezekiel 16, and oh, you see the jewels, you see all these other pretty things, you see the pretty clothes and everything. But when he makes her beautiful, the one thing it doesn't say he did was paint her face. In the Bible, it's pictured as something that harms your face and takes your beauty away over time. Well, anyway, Jezebel, she painted her face, tired her head, looked out at a window, And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. Oh, wow. And he said, Throw her down. So they, the eunuchs, threw Jezebel down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. Okay, get, get, get this straight. Back up, okay? The vineyard's a picture of the family. Jezebel steals it as the dominant woman in her witchcraft and feminism. She destroys the family. She leads the nation in witchcraft and rebellion. And she's killed by two or three eunuchs that she created. What was a eunuch? It was a trans woman. Not in every definition of the word, but you better believe in Jezebel's kingdom. Those were trans women. Even Webster doesn't even give you another definition. But, but we know in the King James Bible there's another definition. Oxford agrees that there's another definition. It's not always a trans woman, but it usually is. A male of the human species castrated. And you're to understand that likely under Jezebel, this was a willful mutilation of their body for Baal, the trans god. Let me show you. Ebrard, the scientific vindication of Christianity in 1887, says pure virgins were burnt in sacrifice to Astarte, and men showed her worship and honor by self-mutilation. Such men and youths rushed in frenzied excitement into the temple of the goddess. They seized upon a knife and consecrated to this purpose, performed the act of mutilation upon themselves, and then they served in these temples as eunuchs. He goes on to say there were thousands of such castrated persons in Phoenicia, that's where Jezebel came from. They went in crowds about the country in women's clothing to the sound of kettle drums. We find this frantic dancing with laceration of the flesh in the bell worship introduced into the kingdom of the ten tribes by the Phoenician Jezebel. Yes, indeed. These were trans-mutilated. This was not a real woman. These were men that had mutilated themselves. And just like Bell. 
had become transgendered. But what happens? They see that Jezebel's about to die, and the trans woman, the trans women, these eunuchs, they turn on Jezebel and destroy Jezebel. <clears throat> what are you seeing happen right now? The trans women that Jezebel created are now turning on Jezebel. Wow. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore, they came again and told him. And he said, this is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, in the portion of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. So what happened? She was thrown down, killed by eunuchs, castrated bell worshiper trans women. What's Jezebel always been a picture of? A rebellious, loud, stubborn woman. Now I want you to fast forward to a day still future to us. A day when there's a one world kingdom upon this earth. When the southern area, the North American Union, the South American Union, when the African Union, when all of these come together in ten blocks around the world and you have a one world world government with 10 kings ruling under the Antichrist, a one world government. It says in Revelation 17 that these 10 horns, which thou saw, he's going to tell you are 10 kings that are going to rule with the beast, the Antichrist. But now he says in verse 16 that the 10 horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. It's as if the Antichrist, who the Bible says will have no desire of women, is ruling with ten trans women kings. And even if it's not ten trans women kings, the government that they embrace in this one world government is going to be, for a temporary time, going to be in favor of the trans woman. Now, who is Jezebel? I mean, and who is this whore here, Revelation 17? It's Rome, the city of Rome. That's the physical, geographical definition of the woman in Revelation 17. Rome's going to be destroyed. Europe's going to be destroyed uh, in its capital. But the whore is the spirit that's there. And what's bringing everything to power is this earth worship, this pagan, this goddess worship, worship, this feminism. That whore represents that rebellious feminine witchcraft principle of Jezebel. And the devil's just using it. The devil's just going to use the Catholic Church and the one world church. He's just going to use that. And then he'll destroy it. Of course he'll destroy it. The devil... Even communists, when they come to power, they, they usually kill the idiots that brought them to power. I believe that our Bible has shown all along that there's going to be a war between the feminists seeking godhood and power and now this Frankenstein trans woman monster they've created steals the crown at the last minute and destroys Jezebel. My message to you today, though we used a lot of history and present day battles to show it, my message to you today is this. Don't trust Satan. Do not trust the devil. He is a liar. He will make it sound good. He will appeal to your lusts. He will appeal to your feelings. It'll sound so wonderful. He will promise you liberty. But he's going to laugh in the end when he sees your degradation, when he sees your destruction, when he sees your death and shame, 
shame before God and shame over what he has done to you. And the devil's just going to laugh. He's just going to laugh. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the Bible that you preserved for us in these last days that's inspired. We thank you for the virgin birth of our Lord. We thank you, God, that you are three and one, the Godhead, Father. We thank you for the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the second coming of Jesus. We thank you for the resurrection, that he's ascended into heaven, and that he is going to come again the same way he went up. He's coming back down to rule and reign. We thank you for all of this, Lord. We thank you for the great truths of salvation by grace through faith alone. We thank you for the church that you have instituted and commanded us to be a part of, Lord. We thank you for all of these things. And now we ask you, God, help us, help us to not be deceived as evil men and deceivers wax worse and worse. Help us to test everything by the Bible. Help us not to be led astray by this fake liberty and promise of Godhood. Oh, Jesus, help us, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the protections and the means that you have given us. Help us not wander away. In Jesus' name, amen.